Help, I got a Mac, podcast episode number 24. Everybody, welcome back to Help! I've Got a Mac. I'm Chris Biting, and uh, my faithful compadre, who normally leads the show, Cliff, is uh, got prior commitments, so uh, I'm flying solo tonight. And uh, I've got a pretty good show. Uh, gonna be uh, talking with some of the people in the chat room here on Talk Shoe, and uh, it's gonna be fun. But uh, we're gonna do a little more advanced stuff tonight. Um, but normally, this is uh, Help! I Got a Mac. It's a show for Mac switchers, people who are thinking about getting a Mac. And, uh, yeah, it's your show. If you have any questions or comments, you can always contact us at gspn.tv. So uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about, and uh, any time in the chat room, if you want to talk, just uh, let me know. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about tonight is a uh, brand-new commercial, quote-unquote, Hackintosh announced by a company called Psystar. And uh, this just came out today. Uh, their website currently is down. But what they're claiming is that they're going to be selling a Mac clone for $399. And um, it's got, uh, they're from Miami, Florida, and it's called the Open Mac. It's a Mac clone. With a, you can get a Leopard pre-installed on it for $554. Uh, but what you get as far as uh, hardware is concerned is a 2.2 gigahertz Intel Core 2 Duo processor, a uh, 250 gig hard drive, 2 gigs of RAM, uh, an Intel integrated graphics chip, same kind of graphics card that's in the MacBook and uh, the Mac Mini, a, a DVD rewritable drive, and four USB ports. Now, for another 110, they said uh, $110, you can get a GeForce video card, and for another 50 bucks, you can get FireWire. You know, this is one of those things that uh, I wish Cliff was here because we would ha we would talk about this uh, at length. That um, let's be honest, this isn't going to go anywhere. Apple Legal is going to uh, jump all over this. You, know, you better believe it. Um, the reason, oh, as Michael King said, Apple Legal just shut them down. So there you go. Apple's lawyers work fast, kids. Um, the big issue with this is that according to the uh, end user agreement that you get when you, when you buy a, a copy of Leopard or when you get a Mac or anything like that, specifically states that you will agree to not install, use, or run the Apple software on any non-Apple-labeled computer or enable others to do so. So this is just a complete violation of their uh, EULA. So, yeah, don't mess with Apple. Yeah, uh, they, they will get you uh, right away. So it looks like these guys are, are shut down, are going to be shut down any second now. But uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, for those old-school Mac users, you know, there used to be clones. Uh, there used to be a company called UMAX that made a, an Apple clone, a company called Power Computing. And when Steve came back, back in 97, one of the first things he did was kill the clones. And the reason was is the clones, the clones were okay, but he felt that they kind of soiled the Apple name, and so he wanted to, to kill those. He killed a whole bunch of other products too, but that was one of the big things was, you know, Apple was licensing the OS to other companies, and, you know, as we all know, that's, that's not the case anymore. So that was one of the big news items from today was the clone Mac, which uh, looks like it got shut down. Um, another thing I want to talk about is uh, I hacked my iPhone again because uh, 
I like hacking my iPhone. I like doing it and then complaining about after I do it. So uh, I don't know if any of the, anybody out there has uh, in the chat room has, has hacked their iPhone, but uh, a lot of new applications now can can hack the iPhone really really easily. Uh, one called um, Z iPhone, another one called iLiberty. And the reason I did it is because of two particular applications, one called Twinkle and another one called Apollo IM. Now, Twinkle is a Twitter app, and as you all know, uh, we love Twitter here at GSPN. And what's really, really cool, yeah, jailbroken, you know, unlocks jailbroken. I use those terms uh, interchangeably there. But uh, this program called Twinkle, uh, it's a Twitter app, and what's really, really cool about it is it does location-based tweets where if I, if I send out a little message through my iPhone through this application, it also uses the triangulation of uh, like Google Maps to know that I'm in a certain location. So, for instance, I was down in Kentucky this weekend, and I sent out a tweet or a little, little tweet, and it instantly knew that I was down in Sparta, Kentucky, and updated that, and I can also attach pictures to it. So if you do have a jailbroken uh, iPhone, this app called Twinkle is really, really cool. Um, the website for it is polarbearfarm.com slash repo. And you have to put that in your uh, installer app program. So again, this is a little bit of uh, a different show. Cliff's not here tonight, so it's just me. You've got, you've got Chris here tonight. So we're talking about some weird things. talking about hacking iPhones and, and uh, all sorts of good stuff like uh, Clone Max and stuff. Uh, the, the next program I want to talk about on the iPhone that I hacked uh, it for was a program called Apollo IM, which was an IM, uh, an AOL Instant Messenger chat program. And, you know, it's really, really nice. I, I guess I could wait until June, but I didn't really, really want to. And, uh, you know, it's fun to jailbreak the phone. So, so far I've had any problems. And, again, if you have a jailbroken phone or you want to jailbreak your phone, you know, Twinkle and Apollo are, uh, are really good programs to have. There's also some cool games and stuff like that. You know, this isn't a test run for my own show. My own show is going to have like five people on it at once. So it's not going to be me talking by myself. I can't stand that. Um, and again, if you guys want to talk in the, in the thing, please, please do. I hate being by myself. Uh, my show is going to happen as soon as I have time to do it. So I'm hoping in the next few weeks. So... Um, got some listener questions today. I'm gonna. This is gonna be a pretty short show. I'm kind of motoring through everything here. Um, Andrea Z uh, sent me a tweet earlier today, and uh, she was wondering why uh, the static. when you when you sit your iPhone or your, and she says a touch. I've only done it with my iPhone on a dock when charging, and you're listening to the radio. What that static is all about. And really, all it is is, is the radio is talking is uh, having an issue here. And Michael, I just unmuted you just in case. Okay, he'll call back on the Mac Pro. So as soon as he's ready for that, we'll uh, we'll talk to to Michael. I'm sure he wants to talk about uh, the iPhone hacking. Uh, but the reason that you get that static is, and uh, for a while there on the iPhone, it would tell you when you plugged it into a dock or anything like an iHome or something. It said that you know you could you you have to turn the radio off or it could cause issues. And what it is is the shielding on the bottom of the iPhone. When you plug it into that dock, you hear that, that GSM. GSM, the phone technology of GSM, the way it talks to the towers and stuff, is very, very noisy. So you hear that. And that's why when we do the show here, uh, you know, Cliff's studio and things like that, we put our phones on, on uh, airport mode so we don't hear that. 
No, he was using the MacBook Air for the talk shoe. Ah, okay. Uh, the next question is uh, from our forums here. It says, I do not have an iPod. Can songs from the iTunes store be played on a generic MP3 player? Can songs be converted into MP3s? Uh, the short answer is they can be converted, but songs that you buy from the iTunes Music Store cannot be played natively on a generic MP3 player like the Zune or SanDisk or anything like that. And that's because a lot of, now most songs, and let's say with the asterisk, most songs on the iTunes Music Store are protected by something called DRM or digital rights management. And they wrap this layer of digital rights management onto the song so you can only play it on an Apple device, you know, an Apple TV, a computer that has iTunes, or an iPod, or an iPhone. So the answer is, if it's an, not an iTunes Plus song, you can't. If it's an iTunes Plus song, though, it's unprotected, so a lot of times those can be converted to MP3s or actually just played natively on the computer. Uh, you can convert the songs to MP3 to VRM using something called JHIM. I'm not going to go into that. It's uh, kind of shady and... and cause issues. So, And Michael King, as soon as he says he, it logs him in, he can talk, so we'll get him on here in a minute. And uh, the next question is, what type of external hard drive should I buy, USB or FireWire, and what's the benefit of each? Well, depends on what you're going to be using the hard drive for. If you're going to be using the hard drive, it's just storage, you know, using things like Time Machine and archival purposes and things like that, USB is fine. Uh, the benefit of USB over FireWire is that generally the drive is much cheaper. Um, the benefit of FireWire, if you're going to be using that drive to store you know, media that you're going to be editing in iMovie or in Final Cut Pro or anything like that, you're going to have a, a better rate of data moving through the system on FireWire. The reason is, is USB is a burst rate, so in theory it's rated faster, but USB can only operate in bursts and it's CPU intensive, whereas FireWire is kind of a dumb system. It's just an open pipe. It just, you know, you have uh, all the speed you need. Michael King is wanting to talk. Let's, make, let's see if he's a little bit better now here. Are you there? This should sound a lot better now. Oh, it sounds night and day better. So I guess the microphone on the uh, MacBook Air is uh, awful, huh? Well, no, it's more like... Um the TalkShoes client does not, the pro client does not play nice with that air. It's just too, oh. uh, it's too, un, it's, because even on the uh, listening end, the audio's choppy. It's just too, uh, it's too underpowered to run this. This thing really was pushing those processors up at 90%. Oh, wow. I believe so, Java. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's, that's what it is. It's just a Java on it, so, uh, well, the area is what it is. It does what it's, it does, but, you know, certain things you can't do, and this is one of them, I found that. I didn't know if I can do it or not. Now, well, how long have you had the, uh, the MacBook Air? Three weeks now. Three weeks, and, and overall, you like it? Overall, I love it. Uh, I'm on it about 90% of the time, but it's not good for talk shoot. That's, that's not can, uh, now, if I'm using, normally if I was on a Sunday where I have all the unlimited minutes, I can use my uh, cell phone, but... Not during the weekday. <laughs> I have yeah, to use okay. this one. And I had the, the, my Mac Pro was being used at the time. But you're asking about that Apollo IM. I use it 90% of the time, and I love that one. There's another good one. 
that's on the uh, jailbroken iPhones. Navation. It actually does. It's an actual, uh, it works kind of like that Google Maps is, but no, Google Maps will put you within, uh, I think they say they have that big circle, which is generally about 10 miles around. Yeah. Where where the navigation will get you about with anywhere from, um, depending on where the towers are, anywhere from uh, 100 yards to 10 feet. Where oh, you wow. actually, which you are, and it's very accurate. And is an IM plan, or is it a... a no, it's... It's a it's an imitation GPS like the Google oh, Maps oh, does. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. They actually came out before the Google Maps thing, if I remember correctly. Yes, yes. And it, like the Google Maps will get you within, uh, I forgot what well, radius uh, of everything. Where this yeah, one it, actually, it all de- it, it all depends. I you know I I live in Cincinnati, and uh, when I'm downtown <laughs> with my with my phone and I use the Google Map, it's it's you know on the corner. It's pretty accurate. And I think it, what it is is if there's more. Wi-Fi that it recognizes, it's, it's way more accurate than using just the cell phone towers by themselves. Because see, what this one does, it uses both Wi-Fi and cell phones, and it's really, you know, it's pretty accurate. I've had it for quite a while, and uh, I'll tell you another one I like is this, um, you know, that you've heard, you know that uh, iStumbler program you might see on a uh, laptop, so we'll let you give you all the... Uh, oh, yeah. It has one for that, too, for the iPhone. Oh, and I have that. So it works just like Mac Stumbler or, or iStumbler yes, or whatever. It does. Yeah, it looks. It, it, in fact, that's what it is. It's iStumbler for the iPhone. Oh, that's pretty cool. I, I really hope we see uh, a lot of these uh, applications come out, you know, legitimately when the iPhone uh, starts accepting third party. Because, you know, I, I it's it's funny. I, I'll jailbreak my phone, and then I'll, I'll use it for a little while, and then I'll feel kind of bad, and I'll, you know, reformat it. But then I get that I get that itch again to start playing with applications. Like I don't know if you've tried this Twinkle application or not, but it is fantastic. Yes, I've got that one. But you know, I, I went to the Navation site, and they're even saying that they've got. So they can't tell because they're now they signed that non-disclosure form. Uh, disclosure form. Mm-hmm. But uh, they are going to be. They've got the SDK to actually put it on a legitimate app. On the iPhone, and it, now it will be one of the ones that's going to be charged because they would they normally for like the BlackBerry, they just charge twenty four dollars, and yeah. it's a uh, one time twenty four dollar for ever, for as long as you have the uh, app or the phone uh, application. So, which is great. Yeah, I think I think twenty four twenty five dollars is probably going to be the the most I'm going to pay for it. That application. Depending on what it is, it could be this, this navigation software or a game or whatever. It better be really, really, really good for me to drop twenty five bucks on it. I think we're going to see apps four ninety nine, ten dollars. You know, I, I I think it's more of if it's if an application is five bucks or ten bucks, it's way more of an impulse buy than if it's you know if it's twenty four ninety nine. I'm going to stop and agree, you know, stop and think that man, I don't know if I really want this or not. But for five bucks, I'll buy it, even if it's a you know a little game and it's kind of lame. Of course, so unless, a lot of them, oh, go ahead. Unless, I was to say, unless it's Spore or uh, Super Monkey Ball, then I might spend 20 bucks. <laughs> right. I think most of them will be, like, will be on the free part. So you, you can try it for 30 days if you'd like it. Just, you know, uh, navigate over to the uh, website that when, when the time's up, will give you a link to uh, enter your, uh, to a uh, secure su- site to enter in your uh, credit information. Then buy it that way. Because I think, I'm feeling a lot of them will be, okay, you can try it, 
See if you like it for 30 days. And now, of course, be a, be a lot will be completely free, you know, for as long as you want it. But uh, I have a feeling some of these will be. Um, try it. And if you like it, then pay for it. Because they think maybe right up front people are not going to pay for it right off the bat until they, if they really know if it works or not. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's going to be such a new platform. Believe me, I've, I've been trying to rack my brain and trying to figure out when I have time to, to learn how to write an app because, you know, I, I did have a programming background in school and stuff like that, but, man, it's, I've long since forgotten it. Maybe, maybe Casey, maybe she can write a program for me. What do you think, Casey? Can you write me an, an iPhone program? That'd be pretty cool, right? Yeah. Oh, also, I noticed the Apple TV just did a, uh, as of just a few minutes ago, passed out another update for their Apple TV. Which I've Are you done. serious? They just did one like a week or two ago. Is this another yeah. update? Yeah, brand new one. 2.0.2. I wonder if it, does it change anything or? I have not, I'm, right now I'm running everything. I, I think it added a little more uh, stuff for the HD stuff. And uh, I, I'm still trying to figure out what all it's done because it's just, I just I've, uh, heard it somewhere that there was an update. Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm reading it on the, uh, for those, uh, I'll give you guys a couple quick links of, of things that I go to all the time. Um, one site that I find very, very valuable and, you know, anybody who wants to chime in on this uh, and, and has a phone system set up, you know, please call in and, and give me your links. But I use uh, TUAW.com, which is the That's where I got it from. Apple weblog. And that is my favorite, well, there's two, <laughs> I have two favorite uh, Apple sites. That's my overall general favorite Apple site for just general Apple knowledge. Well, I get a lot of, a lot of tips and stuff from here, and it's TUAW.com. Uh, the other site that I like to go to is MacDailyNews.com. They're a little more kind of like National Enquiry, you know, with their news, because they'll, they'll, they'll report the news, but then they'll give their take on it. And it's normally pretty funny. They make fun of Steve Ballmer and stuff. But, uh, yeah, according to TUAW.com, looks like an Apple 2.02 update uh, just came out. No word uh, as to yet what it brings, but just bug fixes it looks like. And I'm looking at the forum here, and not much uh, not much going on as far as the update is concerned. So maybe it's just a bug fix update. Maybe they're just trying to stay ahead of the hackers who are using that thing. There's You can hack the Apple TV using something called a patch stick, which is just a USB uh, that gets booted when you uh, put the stuff on it and put it in and reboot the Apple TV. And what it does is allow you to put in plugins, like there's a program called Couchsurfer, which is basically Safari that's been rewritten for the Apple TV. And I, I, my guess, if I had to guess anything, they're just kind of trying to stay one step ahead of those guys. So. Yeah, I think that's the case, too. I don't know. It's, uh, it's interesting. And they're the, also that same site it's where I found out that Apple Legal went after that... Um, Hackintosh one. Oh, okay. And uh, you can go to that site. It's down, and Apple Legal has pretty much shut it, you know, shut it down since. If anyone's ever looked at the EULA on the OS X, if you read the whole thing all the way through at the very end, said so this product can be only sold and be uh, installed on Apple computers only. Yeah. <laughs> there are some funny things in those, those EULAs. Every piece of software that you get or a piece of hardware you buy, you know, like if you get an Xbox or, 
where you get a you know a video game or, or you download a copy of micro you know you get Microsoft Office you don't download a copy of Office but you you get a copy of Office and you install it. All of these have a, an end user license agreement or a EULA, and there's always funny stuff in these. The Apple ones will say things like you can't use this program in a facility that houses nuclear weapons and stuff like that. And uh, there, there was also uh, EULA for. Um, See, there's Safari for Windows or iTunes for Windows saying you can only use this on an Apple-branded machine. So it, it's just kind of funny that if you read those, there's all sorts of weird stuff. And some companies are like, there's a program called Visual Hub, which I really, really like by a company called Techspansion. And their end user agreement has some just jokes in there and things like that. So it's pretty funny. But um, yeah, that's cool, man. Uh, software update for the Apple TV. And uh, just letting everybody know, you know, I've had my Apple TV since... I'm close to the first of the year, I think. I got it in Jan like the end of January, right? Right, shortly after Steve announced that uh, that Take Two software was coming out, and you know, I really, really like it. It's uh, I watch podcasts on it all the time. I've only had one bad experience with a, a movie where I hit the rental button and it took about an hour to download the movie, and it wasn't a high def movie; it was a standard def movie. So, I'm either I'm not really blaming the Apple TV for that. I'm either blaming uh, Cincinnati Bell, which is my uh, provider on my DSL or my network or, you know, it, it was something. I've got a really, really old hub. It could have been that. But uh, you're officially allowed to comment on these things, Casey, who is not an employee of Apple Computer. Casey X. <laughs> Casey is not an Apple employee. She, uh, she just, if you happen to see her at the mall, then, no, I'm just joking. Anyhow, if she wants to comment, she can. We won't. Uh, we won't report her. And I, I doubt anybody from Cupertino listens to this show anyway. I don't think so either. <laughs> <laughs> Andrea, uh, we did address your uh, iPhone question. Um, the static you hear is probably, if I had to guess, would be the GSM chatter. Um, that's why they really don't recommend using the bottom port unless it comes from the actual dock for the iPhone itself. Uh, I was at a hotel in New York, and uh, they all had iHome uh, clock radio things that you could plug into. And I was like, oh, man, this is great. I can listen, you know, I can pop in my tunes, listen to this, you know, charge my iPhone. And as soon as I did it and turned on the radio, the, uh, the GSM noise started coming in, and it was just awful. It made the listening experience unbearable. But I wanted to keep my phone on because, you know, someone could give me a call. So if you have a thing that the docking type radio that you were using for an older iPod. Technically it's going to work, but it's going to be very, very noisy due to the GSM. That is that. And I got a couple other questions here. Let me go back to my documentation. Um, oh, actually I already answered it. The, uh, the firewire. What do, what do you, what do you think? Uh, Michael, you think if you had a choice between USB or firewire, would you go with, with would you go with firewire? Yes. Uh, for a hard drive, I'll go with FireWire. And if the machine would do it and you can find it, I would go with the FireWire 800 because that is really the the ultimate. Absolutely. But, you know, and what a lot of people don't realize is there's a lot more power that comes over the US, or the uh, FireWire port. So a lot of times if you get a drive, not the really, really big drive, not the three-and-a-half-inch drives, but like a, a laptop-sized hard drive, can actually be powered by the FireWire. So you only have one cable. Whereas on USB, nine times out of ten, you have to also have a power source, which is kind of crappy. So, and and if Casey says FireWire, 
then by gosh, go with Firewire. And, uh, awesome. Yeah, and uh, like USB 2.0 is fast. If you want to compare uh, the way uh, data will be transmitted with the uh, USB, USB 2.0, look at waves. You have them, they come in, you know, they come in intervals. You have a one come in, then it goes down. And another one, that's how, that's how USB, it just goes in spurts. It's yeah, not USB, a constant. USB is a sprinter where uh, FireWire is a long-distance runner. That's correct. <laughs> yeah, USB is officially faster. But, you know what, I've, I've had both, and man, FireWire all the way. It's, uh, it's just, you know, awesome. Let's see. Uh, you know what? I, I normally Cliff, Cliff kind of reels me in on these uh, on these tips that I give if they're a little too advanced for uh, a new Mac user. But you know what? Let's just say you got this Mac. Excuse me, I had to hit my mute button because I keep coughing. Let's say you got this Mac, and you've also got a Wii, or you've got an Xbox 360, or you've got a PlayStation 3, and you're like, man, how can I? How? And I, I and you don't want to buy an Apple TV. And you're like, how can I get my stuff, my videos and my audio and all sorts of cool stuff from my computer to my TV? And I don't want to buy an Apple TV, but I've got this Xbox or this PS3. Well, there's a company called Null River, and it's nullriver.com. And they make some really, really cool pieces of software. The first one they make is something called Connect360. And what Connect360 does is it puts all of your iLife stuff, you know, your photos and your music and movies, and allows you to play that on your Xbox 360. Now, with that being said, it doesn't play DRM stuff. So if you buy a movie from, from Apple or you buy a song that is protected from Apple or you rent a movie, you can't watch them on your 360. But if it's content that you own, DVDs and you rip them with handbrake, <coughs> and they're on your Mac, then you can watch them on your Xbox 360. Same thing, they also make a product for the PS3 called Media Link, and uh, both of these products are about 20 bucks, and uh, it works the exact same way. It puts, uh, it integrates your system with the PS3. So, and you know, I've got, I've got, as people know, I've got two laptops. I don't have a desktop, but if you've got a desktop with just oodles and oodles and oodles of data. This is a really, really great program to use. And uh, Michael, do you do you use it? Uh, no, but I got a friend that does because I have the Apple TV, so I really don't need it. But yeah, friend, he he loves his Macintosh, and but he has a Xbox 360. He has the the PS3, and he's found we found we we looked around on the net for those programs, and he's tried them, and yes, it works like a champ. And again, like you say, no DRM, but you can do anything that you've either ripped <clears throat> or um, anything like that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Now there is something else for the Wii, and for the life of me, I can't remember what it is. But uh, pop me an email at uh, chris at gspn TV if you've got a Wii and you want to do the same thing. I can send you a link. I can tell you what it has to do for the Wii because the PS3. And the Xbox can play your, your media files natively. They, they support things like DivX and XVID and Windows Media and, and, and you know, H264 and, and all that kind of, and MPEG-4 and all that kind of stuff. Those systems support it natively. The Wii is really, really kind of underpowered on that uh, line. It doesn't support those files natively. So what it, what it does is the system has to actually take your video files and do something called transcoding, where it 
turns the file from one thing into another. Kind of think of like freezing water, you know, it turns from water into ice. What it does is it takes the video and turns it into flash and then plays it through the web browser on the Wii. And you really, and I've tried this because I had a Wii for a while, you really have to have a pretty fast system in order for this to work. If you've got an older G4 or even an older G5, I don't really recommend this. If you've got a brand new iMac or Mac Pro, any of the Intel systems, it's going to work much, much better. But I, don't, I can't remember the name of the software. It's like Red, it's not Red Katana. It's like a game. But um, if you send me an email, I'll get you the link. It's actually in this this uh, month's episode of Mac Life, which is a, a great magazine. And let's see what else I've got here. Does anybody have anything that they want to talk about or, or say or anything like that? Does anybody have a cool website that they want to talk about? Uh, Andrea, do you got anything? Um, let's see. I was I was wondering um, how exactly like what do you use for handbrake to break the to do to use um, the individual like chapters in the movie, for example. That's a good question. Um, normally, when I use Handbrake, and uh, just to let everybody know, Handbrake is a free piece of software that allows you to use your DVDs that you own, that you, it allows you to convert them into a digital file so you can put them on your Apple TV or on your computer. When, when I use it, I, uh, I use the, the new version, which came out, and I think it's Leopard only now. Um, I just... I don't do individual chapters because normally when I when I do a movie, I'm going to watch it all the way through. I just you know do the from the beginning to the end, use the preset for the Apple TV and and call it a day. Now there have been times at work, you know, when we have a DVD from a client or you know something that we've created in the past where we need to grab just a clip from that's in a chapter, then I will select like you know, from chapter one to chapter one or chapter one to chapter three and and do it that way. Um, what what are you using uh, Handbrake for? Well, no, because I was trying to burn my mom. My mom was going on a trip, and I was trying to burn my lost DVDs for her. Okay. So I wanted her to be able to, you know, have each episode. But I first, the only thing I could find was like the big clump. So it was such a big mm. file that it was like a mission. So I was like, yeah. mm, crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for for those kind of DVDs, because they just pack in so much data. Um, if you had time, uh, I actually had to do this today because I had to grab a couple files in the middle of a giant file, which is kind of funny because it relates to this. Um, what I had to do was take the whole thing, put mm-hmm. it in to handbrake, rip it out as an MPEG-4, then put okay. that. It, then I put that in an iMovie, and then clipped and, it, and then clipped it and made each one a uh, exported each one out. You know, once once I got. The, the the clip that I wanted or, or an episode that I wanted, I went up to share and export it out as a, a QuickTime file and then deleted that project. And, you know, I still kept all those clips in that bin at the bottom. And then I just, you know, brought new ones back up, saved those back out, and did it, you know, over and over again. Now, I will tell you, um, if you save it as an M4V, which is what it defaults to, it's a lot faster than saving it out through QuickTime. Um, if you save it out as an M4V, it comes out with this cool little menu, and it tells you, you know, what what size you want to save it at, and, and which devices or, or YouTube or .dot Mac or whatever would be good for it. Um, if you're going to be using it, you know, on a computer, on a Mac, or on an Apple TV or an iPhone, use it that way. If you're going to be giving it to someone else who has Windows or something like that, you know, export it out as QuickTime. But I will let you know that 
for a 45-second commercial spot that I did, it took about 12 minutes to render out on my MacBook Pro. Yeah. So it is. It took a while to get the file, but I was like, "Arr." <laughs> yeah, that, that's what was funny. It took like it took twelve to fifteen minutes to get it out, and then when it got done, it was only a seven meg file, but it took forever. However, though, I, you know, iMovie does produce really good looking video, and uh, it was my yeah, first time. It was my first time using the new iMovie, which has now been out for a while. But I really, really liked it. Um, I was I used iMovie six quite a bit. And uh, to see the new, uh, you know, iMovie 08, it, it was quick and dirty. I, I, I got what I needed to do and, and got out, and uh, it was pretty awesome. So. Yeah, I thought yeah, I wasn't gonna like it either, but I do like it too. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's what I would I would recommend uh, doing is um, <clears throat> just cut them up with the uh, with the uh, with iMovie, which is I know it's kind of unfortunate, but um, that's what I would do. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about real quick, and uh, I guess I'm going to get off here because uh, anyway, when Cliff and I talk to each other, we have a lot more uh, a lot more banter. But me by myself, and I'm, I really appreciate uh, Andrea and, and Michael for for chiming in and and, and helping me out um, on my first solo show. The, the last thing I want to talk about was uh, a, a website called FreeMacWare.com. And if you're a new Mac user and you're looking for some software and you don't want to spend a whole lot of money because you just bought a new Mac, free Macware is a good place to go to find open source and, and free programs. I, I go there quite a bit um, to find, you know, little apps and stuff that kind of fall through the cracks. And it's a really, really good site to go to. And uh, that's the one I recommend. So that's, that's it, everybody. That's, uh, that's me doing it by myself. And uh, I want to thank, again, I want to thank uh, Michael and Andrea for... Uh, helping me out and all that stuff. So uh, until next time, this is Chris Fighting, and uh, thanks for listening to Help I Got a Mac. I'll see you.